loving cup up to the brim. And that little bit Hi, that I don't get, she gave to him, yeah. And you're listening to WNHHLB 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. I can't share my baby with nobody else. <laughs> Oh, I didn't, I didn't even see the chat, Harry. 20 seconds. Good morning. Welcome to Love Baths, Love Talk. It is, uh, oh, I need to turn some light on over here. Cause look, I look washed out. Welcome to uh, Love Baths, Love Talk. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. It's Thursday in the L. Okay, that's way too bright. That's like uh, police bright. <laughs> you know, it's like if they, when they bring you in the room to interrogate you, this is interrogation bright. <laughs> I could change it. I could make it. <coughs> I can soften the light because I got rings. So I could, I could, I could soften it like that. I could, I could do it like that. That's kind of like a sepia thing happening. I kind of like that. Um, this is a blue. That's not bad. I can't go wrong. I can't, I just can't go wrong, right? Like I can't go wrong with uh, playing around with color. That's kind of nice, but then I have to turn it up a little bit. So I don't know if I like like the blue so much. I know I know the interrogation bright is not attractive. So if I turn it down a little bit, that's not so bad. Anyway, no one no no one wants to hear my first world lighting problems. <laughs> My, my first world lighting problems. <coughs> uh, so last night, yesterday evening, we rode up to uh, Madison to RJ Julia to uh, hear, um, to meet, hear, and get uh, a book by Marie Benedict and my sorrow of Victoria Christopher Murray, First Ladies. First Ladies. And this is about the friendship between Eleanor Roosevelt and uh, Mary McLeod Bethune. So I graduated from Barbara Scotia College, which is where Mary McLeod Bethune graduated from in Concord, North Carolina. And as you know, she went on to found uh, Bethune Cookman in Florida. And uh, she has been an advisor to several presidents. But um, as Marie and uh, Victoria talked about, uh, that um, many people did not know that they had a deep and abiding friendship and that they were responsible for a lot of the, the pre-civil rights mission uh, um, because, you know, uh, Eleanor had the, had the ear of the president, her husband. And, uh, you know, she was formidable in her own right. So, so this is uh, a book about that friendship. This is their second collaboration, right? The first collaboration was um, The Personal Librarian, which tells the story of, a, of a, a woman who was a personal librarian to J.P. Morgan, who you know was one of the titans of industry um, back way back in the, you know, in the early 1900s, 1900s, 1920s. And, uh, and so uh, the woman who... Uh, became um, uh, she was credited with uh, uh, curating some of the best books, artifacts, 
um, uh, in the world for this library. And it was J.P. Morgan's personal library, which you can go there now and visit and see the beauty of this thing. But anyway, she passed for white, um, not because she wanted to be white, um, but because there was things that she wanted to do. Um, and this was an opportunity of a lifetime. And, uh, and she wanted to protect her family because her father was a true race man. Um, anyway, get the book. That one is um, The Personal Librarian, which I have around here somewhere. Uh, but this, this is a signed copy. So they both signed it. And, you know, I've known Victoria Christopher Murray for about a decade. We've been friends for about a decade, but we never met each other. So she signed it for me this morning, yesterday. Sora Babs, love you so much. Blessings and Delta love, Victoria. And then uh, uh, Marie signed it. Thank you uh, so much for coming to see us, Babs. <laughs> Marie Benedict. So, uh, so they 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 are really they are really fun to to be in in community. Uh, okay. Uh, they are they are really uh they are really uh a, a pair to watch. Sorry, I was answering a text. I know, right? I'm on live radio answering texts, <laughs> but that was very important, so I had to had to see it. Although it's nothing I could do about it, but I needed to see it. I I, I responded, so that was fine. Um, but they are really fun to watch in in community with each other. Um, they have a really good routine. So you could tell they've been doing this a minute uh, and they seem like genuine friends. So so it's very nice to sort of um, seeing them zigzag on this tour, this book tour. And their editor was in the room and uh, it was great. So uh, great, great, great. Uh, it was great. So that was wonderful. So Karen, Karen DeBose, Walton picked me and Ife up from my house and we just drove to Madison and Karen had been to RJ Julius before, you know, they had us packed in there, I must say. Uh, and those chairs were hella uncomfortable, you know, like Roxanne Cody, get some better damn chairs in there. Them cheap ass chairs hurt people. <laughs> she don't listen to me, so it won't. She is not listening to this show. So she is not going to hear none of this. But them cheap ass chairs, ooh, it's bad on the body. So, but I'm glad that um I got a chance to go see Victoria. It's very nice and uh, made my heart swell a little bit. Uh, and and I'm and I'm glad that uh I'm glad that uh. uh I'm glad that Mary McLeod Bethune is getting getting some shine. So, you know, like she she's not lost to history. She's very prominent in history, but we don't know. She's never not much is ever made, you know, in light of her. So I, I think this would be a good movie, a good girlfriend story to tell, a good movie to tell. And it just takes somebody to tell it, you know. And 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 I know that there's somebody in the Avar Duvernay camp that could take this on, you know. 
I mean, Julie Dash is still out there. I know she could use some work. Um, <laughs> look at me. I'm trying. I'm trying to get people work. I ain't got no money. I ain't got near near dollar to put nothing near nothing. Uh, but if I if I if I had money, I would option the rights to this book, and then I'd get a screenplay, and then I'd get it done. And it would be not. It would be a lovely little. Uh, I don't know if I would want this to be a miniseries. I think this would be a, a full on. It's just a full on uh, movie. I'd make this a movie and it'd be, and I'd, and I'd make it sappy and girlfriendy and, you know, and I, and I'd give you all the heartbreaking stuff. Like I'd put all the stuff in it that, you know, why we like these kinds of movies. Cause I'm a, you know, I'm a sucker for, for a good, you know, good girlfriend movie and girlfriend movie, chick flick, but they call chick flicks. Although, you know, we like mission impossible too. Women like that stuff too, but you know, good girlfriend movie, get up on a Saturday morning on a rainy day and put this in or, or a Sunday night and you put it on and, you know, uh, and you get into it. So I, I, I think this would be a good movie movie. I believe the personal librarian is going to be, it was optioned by um, um, Deborah Roberts and uh, Al Roker uh, to do a mini series of some sort. So that's their, that's their project because um, I guess Deborah Roberts was the name of this book. And uh, uh, so she bought, she optioned the rights. So so that's I, that's what you do, buy the rights and stuff. And you know, it's not hard. You could probably buy the rights to some upcoming author if you wanted to. Yeah, you know, if you make enough, a better offer, make a good offer. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. People do that stuff all the time. There's lots of books that have been, you know, uh, optioned, you know, and sitting on the back burner waiting for a green light. So, so yeah, that might be, a, this might be a good project for uh, Oprah and Ava DuVernay. I mean, they did Cream Sugar, which was really nice. Now it's time to do something else. And I think that collaboration was a good one, you know. So find something else. And uh, I'll work on that because uh, uh, there's some good books coming out. And uh, and I, I tend to like a historical story. So, and I like period pieces in movies. So this would be right up my alley, you know. And, you know, it's fiction. So it's based on real things, but it's fictionalized. You know, they've, they've taken creative license with parts of the story, you know, which is pretty good i kind of like that so i kind of like that you know when it's well done you know so um and and that's real imagination when you can take real people and 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 just reimagine what you thought they were like in their day you know um uh, yeah so High five to uh, Marie Benedict and Victoria Christopher Murray. That's really, really uh, a, 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 a nice, a nice collab, you know. So, so anyway, um, good job. Thanks, RJ Julia, for hosting them. And I, I thank God Karen DeBowles mentioned it because I would have, I would have missed it entirely. I would have saw her after the fact. I'd be like, what? You just up the road. 
<laughs> it was just such a because I remember she she came to Bridgeport one time, and uh, and I just I was somewhere else in the world. I couldn't get there, and uh, I was like, damn, that was my chance. Uh, but this was sweeter because it was a little bit more intimate, a little bit more personal. And it, um, it was so nice to see her after all this time. It was very nice to see her. So anyway, um, the weather's going to be bad this weekend, except maybe a little bit on Saturday might be good. So we'll see. Um, uh, so uh, it might be, it might be, uh, the weather Sunday is going to be a washout, so you could forget that. You could absolutely forget that, and then uh, it's going to be good. Today is going to be a. Uh, I'm in there. I'm in there. I'm in there. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so the weather's going to be janky. Just FYI. You know, uh, the weather's going to be janky. But other than that, I mean, it's the weekend. So, uh, and I think we kind of need a little bit of rain. You know, we need a little bit of rain. So, uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm talking about you now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh gosh uh, uh, but anyway so the weather's going to be just you know figure out what you're going to do because the weather's going to be janky so it's probably going to rain sometime today it's probably going to rain tomorrow it's going to rain a little bit on Saturday at some point and it's going to rain on Sunday so just make your make your plans accordingly don't be mad just uh, buckle down and uh, shift, pivot, whatever it is you do, figure that out. Don't be mad though. It's rain. We need the rain. Although to my peoples in parts of the country uh, where it's raining too much, I'm uh, I'm holding you down. So uh, I'm sorry that um, um, Team Eubanks didn't win. He got knocked out of the uh, Wimbledon. Um, but I'm I'm a fan. I'm a real fan now because he has such grace. He's like six, seven or some old thing. He's got to be the tallest tennis player. Uh, Chris Eubanks. He's got to be one of the tallest, if not the tallest tennis player in the history of tennis. And he's cute as all get out. You know, just cute, cute, cute. So, um, you know, maybe you'll see him at the U.S. Open. I mean, he's going to be at the U.S. Open. So if you're tennis people, um maybe you want um tickets maybe you want tickets to uh u.s open maybe 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 so ha the arts and ideas gala is september 8th uh at lost in new haven what that's interesting that's uh, these the golf season is going to be upon us in no time, in no time. Oh my gosh, I don't know what to make of that. 
Woo, quickly. Well, we'll see. Yes, it's party time. I tell you, it's been, I, 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 live, a, I, I live a life of a socialite. I'm just going to own it. <laughs> I, I, I live the life of a socialite. Uh, so, do you know there's jazz and Paul Bass? You'll probably never catch these because Fridays, but um, there's jazz, jazz up your suppers at Claire's. So, Claire's is offering jazz uh, in their restaurant on Fridays uh, from 6 to 7 30. So, um, July 7th was William Fluker on his trumpet. Uh, this Friday, it's going to be Morris Trent on guitar. And then next Friday, it will be Hank Bolden. So the tagline is come for supper, stay for music. So, and, uh, you know, they got a vegan peach cobbler that I might, um, that I might have to, uh, I might have to just go just for that. Because, <laughs> you know, um, as as a person who has a dairy allergy, it's very challenging to get desserts in in spaces because they don't they're not thinking about people with. Uh, well, now they're start now places are starting to think about um, uh, people with allergies, but specifically people like me who have dairy allergies. Um, so it's pretty nice to uh, go to Claire's and get a really good ass dessert and not feel like. Uh, I'm missing out. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes you go someplace and they're like, well, you know, we can give you a, a fruit fruit plate. <laughs> which which is no shade to fruit plate. Who doesn't like a fruit plate? But when everybody else is eating creme brulee or <laughs> cheesecake or, or tiramisu, and you're like, oh, these strawberries are amazing. <laughs> you know, you want, you want something. Uh, and so I've learned over the years not to complain, just happy if they bring me some fruit. And that, now, you know, uh, uh, they'll bring me some uh, some sorbet, if they make some sorbet. So uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm pretty happy. So I'll take the fruit because there used to be a time there was nothing. <laughs> grapes, they would just bring me grapes. Sitting at the table, and everybody's like, "Oh, oh, you're so healthy." No, no, I'm not. This is all that I can have because everything else has milk in it, or cream, or butter, or do you know what I mean? So, so I'm I'm not being ungrateful for all the times that people have brought me grapes and fruit platters. That's that's not my, uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying it's not equivalent. <laughs> that's my point it's not equivalent it's not equivalent so so i see dr churchill is uh uh leaving yale hospital as its leader and uh going to head up the american heart association well i mean he is a cardiologist and you know i think sometimes uh i think uh when you 
I think he took on the challenge because I think he likes a challenge. But if you're a cardiologist, you're a cardiologist and you want to be messing around with the heart. Like you want to be putting your attentions on the heart. And I and I think this opportunity came up and he said, now, I, I know Dr. Churchill, but I don't know Dr. Churchill. So I'm just making this up. I'm just, I'm just imagining if you're a cardiologist and you still got some time on the, on the meter, you, you want to put your time in doing heart stuff. And, uh, and I'm sure it's an equally heavy lift. I'm sure of it, but I think running a whole hospital and all his parts, and he stewarded the hospital through some, you know, some transitions and some build outs. So, you know, I know he's like, you know what? I'm good. I took it on. I was here for three years. Three years is respectable. And so the sister that they brought in from New York, who's the COO, now she got to do this job until they find somebody, you know, Black women. And she's a sister. I had her on my show when she was coming to take on this role. And now she got to take this on too. I'm like, you know what? But if anybody could do it, uh, a sister could do it. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, oh gosh. I just love the way that some people can write things, uh, can write things and write and say things succinctly, you know. Um, I'm working on my personal statement and my um, diversity statement for law school applications. But anyway, back to Dr. Churchill. So he's going to leave and um, he'll still be, because he chairs the New Haven Symphony Orchestra. So I know he's not going to leave that gig. Uh, you know, leave that commitment. And and he's on the community foundation board. So I know he's not going to leave that commitment either. So um so so he's he'll be around. I mean we'll see him at all the things, right? We'll see him. Him and his wife. And his wife is a gynecologist, so you know she's she's working. So you know, so they're here. Uh um they're here. I, I can't imagine that they would they would bounce. So, so that's, so there's that part. Um, I checked in on my friends in Vermont. They seem to be okay for now. Uh, but, you know, it's still, I mean, Montpellier is, you know, a disaster. I mean, it's underwater. I mean, if, if Montpellier gets any more underwater, they're going to be Atlantis. <laughs> and I, I, I don't mean that unkindly. I just mean, they, you know, the last time that happened was like a thousand years ago. Oh, like, see, get right with the earth. Y'all talking about getting right with God. Get right with the earth. Ain't earth God? Get right with the earth. So I'm just saying. I just read somewhere that um, Toshi Reagan's Parable of the Sour is going to be at Lincoln, at, uh, at Lincoln Center. That's going to be big. I'd go to Lincoln Center just to see it again. I would. I loved it so much. And that's a gigantic stage. So they could um they could really pull off a great production. So that means they'd have to add to the cast and all this other kind of stuff. All the songs that they take taken out, they could put back in. So anyway, uh, uh, I'm just I'm just pleased because 
she she has been working on that and it has been uh it has been uh amazing and uh i i, I remember the first time i saw it and i was like you know just blown away and so much so that i still hear the music in my head i still hear the music from the play in my head that's how profoundly affected i was by it and besides parable of sorrow is my one of my favorite books if not the favorite book you know and i i don't like dystopian stuff i just don't but it has so much of of what i believe in it and how i think about uh what i believe in it that i just was like whoa so so yeah so Anyway, that's going to be good. And I'll tell you something else. Samara Joy will be at Lincoln Center too this October. I'm going to buy my tickets because, uh, you know, Samara Joy. I would go see her just about anywhere. And, you know, I'm just in New York. I mean, I'm just in Connecticut. So to uh, not be able to see her is just ridiculous. <laughs> So it would just be ridiculous not to just go to New York and see her and, you know, book some car service and just go see her. Like, that's what I would do, you know, and, and I wouldn't even need to make it an evening. I would get there, jump out the car and run across the plaza and, you know, the mall or whatever it is they call it, Lincoln Center Plaza. And then uh, and just go in, be dressed up and hear her belt out songs that I love. Just saying. So, uh, um, okay, that's fine. I don't think we need more than an hour either. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, so that's that's where I'm at. Uh, got a little bit of a bite in a place that is uncomfortable so I'm like moving myself around so that I don't hit it because <laughs> if I hit it it hurts <laughs> so my color is bleeding out at the top because I I have such an itchy scalp I just scratch it out and it's it's I can't figure out why my scalp is so itchy so I, mean, I have alopecia but I don't have the alopecia where all my hair is falling out. Go figure. Anyway, I, I, I'm not even going to go into the health challenges that I face. But I, I got some health challenge news about a friend who I'm not going to say who it is, but I'm going to send her a message later and just like, listen, you you got this. You 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 have the strength and the fortitude to get through this. And you got an army of sister friends who are willing to sort of stand with you. So don't you don't you worry. So so it's her business. So I'm not gonna say it out loud. Uh, but she is in she is very close to my 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 circle circle. So uh so I just I just wanna just publicly put some prayers out there on her behalf. Uh and that's where we are. I'm drinking some water this morning with a lemon in it. Trying to start my day good. 
If I was on vacation, this would be a glass of champagne. <laughs> but since I'm not on vacation, although every day is vacation, uh, I'm not drinking champagne this morning, but I am drinking some good water. And uh, and then I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to run over to the inner city. And then I have a 12 o'clock uh, meeting with uh, one of my coaches from, from the Yale Access to Law School. Um, so, uh, so I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I, I feel very well supported in this program and I can't wait to see who gets into this next cohort. Uh, cause it's going to be a ride. And I, and I've, I've, uh, pressed some friends to do it. Uh, some folks that I know to do it. So we'll see who, where, where the, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see who, who took, took up the challenge. Uh, cause it's, it's, you know, Listen, it is no easy commitment of time. I'm not even going to lie to people. I don't lie to people anyway. So it's no easy commitment of time. And uh, and you know who you are. Um, but I, I also know that people will allow fear to sort of dictate some decisions that they make. And I get that. I get that too, you know, because we'll put excuses because, you know, we'll put excuses in, in the way of, of chasing our dreams because we don't feel prepared. But there's never no such thing as prepared. You are ready. The moment that you say in your mind that this is the thing you want to do, you're ready. And I don't think people understand that part of it. Once you say to yourself out loud, and, and not it, it can't be internal chatter. The internal chatter is the negotiation part. Oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Internal chatter, you know, back and forth in your head. You know how people say you in your headspace? When you're in your headspace, that's a negotiation. But when you say it out loud and you can't stuff the words back down your throat, you can't do it. Once they're out in the universe, guess what happens? And I, and I don't think people get this part. Words are spells. And once the spell is cast, the universe just does everything it can to bring that to you. The universe doesn't work against you. Even if you're a serial killer, the universe doesn't work against you. <laughs> the universe doesn't work against you if you're a serial killer. It just doesn't, you know. Um, so, so I say that to say that your words are spells, spells are cast. And you've casted a spell once you say it out loud. So you do that internal chatter. You stay in your head. You bandy it back and forth. Should I? Should not? Should I? Should not? Can I? Could I? Would I? Should I? All of that foolishness. And then once you say out loud, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. And then, you know, if you if you have a good circle of friends who you can sit around and tarry with this about, you know, tarry is an old Pentecostal word for get in community, get in your circle and start talking about this. And, and really, when you're talking out loud with your friends, it's really prayers going up. Because if, if you've got a good friend group, when you sit with your friends and talk about whatever it is you want to do, that's really the prayer. That's the, that's the prayers going up when you're with your peoples and you're doing this conversation. You have, you're doing this talk and you and you picking it apart. And if you don't have friends who say, oh, this, this, this push you, push you. I got you. How about this? Let me connect you. If you don't have those friends, then you don't have any friends. If you have friends, it's like, oh, I don't know, girl. Well, they already got that on the market or they already, well, they're already doing that kind of. And they're not saying, and, and even if they say that, but they're not saying, and you should go connect with them and see how they are, did it. 
if they're not putting that piece on it, then you you in, you're not in you're not in you're not with angels. Because you cannot you cannot roll on other people's fear. You can't. You cannot ride on other people's fear. You can't. That's not that that is the that that is the message right there. When somebody is fearful for you and their fearful shows up in the way that they speak to you and the way that they advise you, that's the sign right there to say no. Now you could choose to stay friends with that person or whatever. You can keep them close to whatever it is you think you're doing with them. But I'm going to tell you, if they're going to be speak fear over you, then they're going to speak fear over you later. You know, and they'll find fearful things to say at every turn. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not being negative. I'm just saying for my, and I'm only talking from my own experience. And my own experience is not the Bible. It's not. But I, I've been around long enough to have these experiences and to have some enlightenment, like, the bell goes off and you go, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. So chase the dream, chase it, get into it, get into it. Because there's never going to be another time. There's never going to be a right time. There never is. I swear to you, it's never going to be the right time. You know, now, sometimes you could think it's the right time and the universe will say, well, this is not the right time, but it was the right time to attempt. It's not the right time to execute. So you might need to do some things. And I think you, I think we're, I think there's real clarity around when the universe is guiding you and when you are doing your own foolishness and you're stuck in your own head. I think we're very clear about that. And I like, I know people think they are, they, that they're not clear, but you are clear. You are clear. You are clear. I think what I'm most baffled by with people is that they will rap, they will, they are willing to live. They're willing to live with less because they don't believe they could ask for more. And sometimes asking for more, they can't imagine what that looks like. And all kinds of things in relationships and marriages with their children, with their friends, jobs, community. So what's here and what I've invested in is where I'm gonna stay because this is this, I don't wanna roll the dice on something. I'm I'm kind of happy here and I'm kind of satisfied here. But I'm, I know there's a, a bigger yearning, but I'm not going to see to that because that roll of the dice is too risky. You know, and I, I get that. Nobody, no, no, who among us hasn't pulled the trigger on things because we were like, mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm at the age now where I'm shooting my shot at all the things. I'm doing all the things. You know, all the things that I want to do, not not somebody else's idea. I'm just doing all the things that I want to do. Cause I, I just see, I just see that the end is nigh. <laughs> it's right, it's the end is right, right over there. 
Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be the Grim Reaper. Like, not not how we've been scared to death by, you know. Um, I, I don't think that. I think the, the, the uh, I'm going to be on a park bench one day. I'm going to be somewhere. And a, and a serious sister's going to come up. And she's like, let's go. It's time. And I'm like, time for what? And then it's going to dawn on me. Oh, you are walking me into eternity. Okay. It's like that little show that I saw. Oh, what is the name of the show? It's such a good show. It's really interesting. And it's a famous, famous book that people sort of love. Um, and it was on last season. Uh, and they had an episode about um, death. And she was a black woman. And she was explaining to the the head guy or the, the God guy, whatever it is, what, how, when she first was, a, when she first, I think, I think he's related to the seven sins or something, the seven something, whatever. I don't think it's the sins. I think it's, it might be. But um, she's telling him when she first got this, when she first came into knowing she had to do this work, she was, she was, um, she was cold and indifferent. And something happened and she realized that she needed to be that she could be softer when she comes for people in the end so that they're not afraid, you know? They're, they're upset because they realize, oh my God, can I just tell this person, can, can you just give me a moment to tell this person? And she's like, no, you can't, it's, 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 your time is up. And that, that episode stayed with me. It still stays with me because it feels like the truth to me it feels closer to the truth than anything um, um, that I've ever seen about, you know, when 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 we are called to our 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 eternal eternity, or we're called. I don't want to say eternity because I don't know what that is. When we're called to our next realm, the next dimension, the next set of whatever it is experiences, you know, um, and I just thought that was one of the best best uh one of the best ways to show that i was so moved by it i think i watched it like two times you know the way she and the way that she death had their own awareness about how they could show up to 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 escort people to the next reality to the next realm i was moved by that and she she was happier when i mean death uh, she was happier when she could come and show up and, you know, soothe people. Because she's like, in the end, that's what they want. They want, they don't want to be afraid. And and I don't have to make it fearful, you know. And I was like, wow. So anyway, <laughs> I'm saying all that to say, get on with it. Get on with it. Get on with it. You know, if you're raising children, they're going to get raised. They're not going to not get raised. They're going to get raised. And it'd be good for them to sort of see you take on some challenges because then they'll have a reference point. Well, my mother did it and she did it with all of this, you know, not so that you can emulate, but so that you can take inspiration from, you know, take inspiration. My father did it and he did it at great odds. And I think, I think there's, a couple of things that we are, that uh, our generation of children are missing. Opportunities for inspiration. 
they they have all the psychotherapy language on on how to sort through their feelings you know to call something triggering or you know all the all the psychotherapy languages you know um but i don't i don't see if they see too many opportunities of uh inspiration against great odds inspiration uh born out of resiliency I, I think that's what these kids are missing, the opportunity to be inspired and the opportunity to test their own resiliency. You know, I mean, I think parents are helicoptering over them to, and I and I heard a parent say this. I didn't want them to suffer. I didn't want them to struggle in the way that I struggled. And I'm thinking, do you know that struggle is the way in which you become who you are. It's not the easy path. The easy path doesn't tell you who you are. There's no challenge in the easy path. The, the, the easy and the easy path, if you give somebody an easy path, they don't see it as an, they don't see it as an easy path because it's not their path. You've given them a path that they didn't work for, that they didn't strive for, that they didn't suffer for, that they didn't break their heart for. You've just given them a path and you said, here, go walk this path. And you, in front of them, sweeping the path, smoothing the path, building the path, and they never get to test their own resiliency. And they never get to be inspired by somebody else or something else because you've made it so seamlessly smooth for them. Parents, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Stop it. Let them babies fall down on the ground. Let them have their hearts broken wide open. Let them have failure. They're not going to jump off a building. Well, some might, but they're going to figure out what they're made of. And if you don't give, allow them to develop those tools, you're going to have a bunch of mentally ill, sick, tired, can't do nothing, apathetic young people who are growing into apathetic old people in no time at all. Let them fall. Let them fail. Let them figure out, you know. Yeah, no, now I know when they're in dire situations, I don't mean turn your back, but don't answer their call every time they call to whine about something. You know, they push them back to their friends and let them work it out. And I know everybody, everybody wants to be this. I want to be the parent where my kid comes to me with everything. No, the hell you don't. No, you don't. Because you can't, you will never be able to separate yourself out from, from parenting to friendship with your kids if your kids are still your kids. And even when they grow up and you respect the fact that they're grownups, there's still going to be a piece of you that you're their parent. No matter how friendly you get, you're going to be looking out. And at the first sign of trouble as a parent, guess what you're going to do? You're going to jump in and be like, how can I help? Because parenting. <sighs> I'm just telling you, let these kids have their time failing and scraping by and, you know, trying to figure out how to do stuff. You cannot make the path for them so smooth that they never touch the ground. 
You're just making weak people. We're just making weak people who at the first sign of a hangnail fall to the ground, crumpled and 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 destroyed. <laughs> because we did not give them the tools to figure out resiliency, how to rise up out of uh, chaos and how to rise up out of tough times. Tough times. We're just making weak people. Oh, I just, you know, I just can't. My anxiety, everything. We're not giving them, we're not giving them enough tools. I mean it. And I know this might sound to some parents like, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about, or I'm not gonna let my kid be out there struggling. Why? You struggled, and your struggle paved the way to your greatness. Your your law, every loss, heartache, every, every, every missed opportunity, all the things you can name them, you can write them down, but all those things added to your resiliency. It was like a stair step to greatness, all those failures, all those things. If you keep, if you stand in front of their path and sweep, 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 and clear the deck, they will never know how to build their own path. They will always depend on you to create a path. And for some parents, they feel like, well, that's a that's a good thing because when they when I build this path for them, they'll arrive somewhere and they'll be self-sufficient and they and they won't have to have struggled the way that I struggle and they and they will arrive somewhere and it'll be all good. But that's not how that ever happens. Never, 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 ever, ever. You got to, they got to work. You got to give them jobs. Stop giving them stuff without working. They got to do their chores. Stop letting them be in your house without commitment to caring and upkeep of the house. And you parents who are still doing laundry for kids, y'all crazy as hell. I can't tell you how many times Brianna would call me and she said, Ma, these girls don't even know how to do their own damn laundry. They don't separate the clothes. They washing their sheets and towels and underwear all in the same machine. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was a guest. <laughs> She's like, Mom, they don't know how to do nothing. I was like, let me tell you. I know, because I went to college with girls who didn't know how to do nothing either. Oh, my God. I went to college with girls. Their mother would come to campus every weekend with fresh clothes, take their laundry home, and bring back fresh clothes. I remember I was in the dorm with a girl. She was so homesick. And she lived in Charlotte. We in Concord. Charlotte is 40 minutes at most. She cried every night. She called her mother every night. Oh, I miss my home so much. I miss my room. And, and I'm like, girl, are you kidding? I'm all the way from Connecticut. I could not understand it. She got on my nerves so bad. Finally, she, she ended up going back home. She ended up going back home. Her mother let her come back home. And, and you know. Saw her years later, she wished somebody would have made her stay. Made her stay. I was like, well, girl, you know what? Listen, I, I, didn't, I didn't see her. I, a friend of mine, who, who, who uh, 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 so line sister, sorority sister of mine, 
So I was like, Babs, do you? I mean, no, says I wasn't Babs. Barbara, you know, blah, 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 blah. Remember that girl? She said, I ran in her because she lives in Charlotte. I ran in her, blah, 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 blah. She ain't doing nothing. She, she's like, oh, she wished somebody would have made her. I, I said to Priscilla, I said, I, girl, I don't know how anybody would have made her do anything because she cried so much all day, all night across the campus talking about she wanted to go home. I think the administration called her mom and said, listen, we, she, she, y'all, you need to come get her because she is just, she has not exhibited any maturity to be here on this campus. And she went on home. I was like, man, man, oh man. So I, you know, I, I, listen, I made so many mistakes as a parent, still making mistakes, but I could tell you, I could tell you right damn now, I could drop any one of my children in any situation anywhere in the world and they would survive. They would figure it out. They would not be lost. They would not be helpless. They would not. And if, if I've done nothing as a parent, I've given them a sense of how to figure out and think for themselves in any situation, in any situation. I'm proud of that. Now, I, I may have, I listen, I've dropped, not may have, I, I probably, um, there's a whole lot of things that I didn't give them. I, there's a whole lot of things that I wished I could have been better at for them. There's a whole lot of things that I wish I would have gave, given them more agency for themselves. Um, but there's nothing I could do about that. I gave them the basics. I understood what the basics were and, uh, and I gave it to them. And so they're out there and, and some of them are struggling and some of them are figuring it out. And so, but, that's, but that's how they are going to learn who they want to be in the world. I, I cannot give them that. I could not give them a seamless, uh, a seamless path into adulthood. I couldn't make the road less arduous for them. They had to walk that walk. They had to figure it out because I would do them a disservice because here's what I know. At some point, I'm going to leave this earth. Hopefully, I leave this earth before my children so that I'm not burying them, that they are burying me because that's the natural order of things. I took great pride in being able to bury my mother on her terms. I was very proud of that. I want my kids to have that same, that same sense of when mom dies, we know exactly what to do and we're going to bury her. I don't want to bury my children. No mother, no parent wants to bury their child. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. So you give them the tools so that they can be in the world, so that they can be in the world without you. That's what you want, to be in the world without you. Now, yes, you're in the world with them. Yay, cool in the gang. But you want them to be able to, to survive and to be standing on their own feet. I, 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 too often, I know kids who can't cook a meal. They don't, they don't know their way around a grocery store. They ain't never been in nobody's laundromat. And now my kids grew up with a washing machine and dryer in the house, but I took them to the laundromat to teach them how to do laundry. And so did their father took them to the laundromat and said, this is what we're going to do. Let me show you how to use the laundromat. And we, not just one time, several times. So they know how to go to the laundromat and use a damn laundromat. We taught them how to grocery shop. Their father taught them how to grocery shop because Lawrence loved grocery shopping. I, me, I like going grocery shopping. I didn't love going grocery shopping with him. Uh, well, I kind of like going to grocery shop with him. And, and he would bring the kids. And when we got separated and divorced, that was part of, he would pick them up and be like, and then be like, 
oh boy, dad's coming. We, I know what we're going to do. We're going to go to the grocery store. <laughs> and Lawrence felt like that was, that was bonding time. <laughs> He's like, well, if I got him, I got to run all the errands anyway. I got to do all the things. <laughs> and then they knew they would get a good meal out of it, right? They knew at the end of, end of the day, he would, he would fix them a big dinner or he would take them out for dinner. Uh, but they had to go to the grocery store and he'd pick them up in the morning and they'd, they'd go to they'd go to Walmart in Wallingford because he liked the big Walmart in Wallingford. Um, and then he had a couple of other stores that he liked to go to because he liked different things at different places. And this would be an all pretty much a half a day event. <laughs> and then and they didn't realize they were getting a world-class lesson about how to grocery shop, how to buy the things that you need, how to make, I mean, they got it. And now they go to the grocery store and they have to do all that stuff. So I'm going to take a break. I'll be back at 10, 15 and uh, tune back in if you want. <laughs> This is Bad Girl Biden from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and Black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhvvax.org. I'm Southern Connecticut basketball coach Scott Burrell, born right here in New Haven. I won an NBA championship with the Chicago Bulls. So I know a great defense is a game changer. That's why I support New Haven's Health Department's Take a Shot campaign to help defend teens against meningitis. Whatever your post-high school life is, take a shot now and help keep yourself, your friends, and your family safe and healthy. For more information, visit nhbbax.org.
nothing happening here What it is ain't exactly clear Now there's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to be where I think it's time we stop children What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Talks the second hour. I'm Babs Rolls Ivy. I was riffing on about parenting stuff. Listen, I don't think I'm gonna get a parent award by nobody for no reason. (laughs) 
I did the best I could. I'm still doing the best that I can. I'm doing the best that I can with the best that I can. Uh, other than that, that's where we are. So I just heard back from a, a step class. I'm gonna take a step class one day a week. Take a step aerobics class. I used to love step aerobics. I needed something to get my coordination tight. So I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Although they have a class today, I don't know if I'm gonna. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna. Uh, do it today, but I I'll definitely be there next Thursday. You know, I'll definitely be there next Thursday. Uh, and uh, I I didn't know that um, Elephant in the Room Boxing, I thought when they left their space on Henry Street that they closed shop, but they didn't. They just found another space. So they're in another space on El Agrasa Boulevard, which I'm, it was fine. I, I didn't know that they, I thought they were just gone, gone. So, um, so yeah, so I would go next week. I can't make it today only because I got a doctor's appointment today. Um, but I will, uh, I will make my way there next Thursday. You can, you can believe that. I think Let me look, you know, I got to look at my calendar because I keep everything. Oh, next, next two, next Thursday for sure. Uh, cause I gotta find out. I gotta find out workout clothes. I don't even know where my damn sneakers are. Like I, I got stuff I gotta find. You know. So yeah, I think I can handle one day a week. <laughs> I think I could get that in, and it's relatively. It's very inexpensive. So it's like, girl, I'm coming. I'll be there. So I'll be there next Thursday only because I, I, I have an appointment. I won't be able to, I know I won't get there in time. So anyway, that's exciting. Elephant in the room, step class. And, and I, I, and I was excited because I saw uh, Addis, Addis Castillo uh, in, in the video. I was like, Addis? <laughs> And uh, and I have rhythm, right? Because I know how to dance. I've danced. It's just gonna. I think it might take me a minute to get the choreography down, but I'll do my best. Listen, I move this booty. This that's that, the most important thing. The most important thing is is to move the butt. That's it, hands down. So I think I can do that. No problem. I could get it in. So. And I, I know how to, I know how to be choreographed. It might take me a moment. It might take me a minute, but uh, I could get into it. So, I'm, so I'm excited. I'm glad I saw. It. I think I was supposed to see it though. I see you, universe. I seize you. So, uh, uh, I see you. <laughs> I see you, universe. I see you. Uh, 
So yeah. Uh let me I didn't I didn't check into the New Haven Independent. What's up on the front page? Um okay. Fairhaven and downtown biz boosters team up. All right, let's get into it. Uh a housing bakery eyed for the ex dry cleaners. Where is this in Westville? So could four apartments in the specialty food shop turn Westville into another Dixwell East Rock or worse Manhattan? Oh, I'm not going to touch that. I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, state sends $2 million to Fairhaven Child Care Hub. LULAC. LULAC is still around? Okay. Are we going to go with that? Uh, let's see. Bring on the cumbias as Colombian dance rhythm moves feet across the floor at Bergamo's. Bergamo's be doing some really cool stuff over there. I don't know if y'all know, but they be doing some cool, cool stuff. Uh, let's see. It's never, <laughs> it's never too late for clean school buses. How and why we need to move away from dirty diesel school buses. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Whatever. I, I, not just school buses, buildings too. You know, buildings. Buildings too. So I'm just saying, people. I'm just saying. Anyway. We're making it happen. Uh, I'm going up to Black Maine in a, in, a, in a week or so, a couple of weeks, just for a weekend. It's going to go up for Friday. Uh, yeah, uh, the 28th. So that's a couple of weeks from now. I'll go up for a Friday, Saturday. Go up for a Friday, Saturday. And then I'm going to go to a... um. A Mohegan Sun game uh, on the twenty on the thirtieth. That's I come from Maine. My my good friend Marilyn gifted me some tickets. They are season holders, but they're going to be away on vacation. And she just asked if I if I'd want to go. I've never been to a um, WNBA game, so so this would be kind of cool to uh, check it out. Hopefully, they sell hot dogs. I'll eat some hot dogs. I don't know what it is about me and hot dogs. I think that's a, I think that's some DNA I inherited from my mother. <laughs> and, and I like a hot dog with mustard and lots of sauerkraut. I have no hot dogs. I bought some, 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 some uh, bison hot dogs. I didn't really love them. Grass fed. I think I needed just a nasty old hot dog. I mean, not too nasty. Like, I, you know, I'll go with Oscar Mayer or something or other, you know, something that's, has some commitment to not being lips and butts of pigs. <laughs> but, you know, you never know these days. People people say one thing, they do another. I don't know. But, uh, but I always like to have a hot dog. I had a hot dog at the beach the other day with some mustard. And it was just, it's just something about a hot dog. And listen, I know the dangers of eating hot dogs. I don't eat them often because they are terrible for you. This is like processed meat. Um, and I, I've been eating sandwiches from Zoe's too. 
more processed meat. But the good thing about when you go to places like like a delicatessen or Zoe's, like they they have the best processed meat. You know, I'm not buying ham out the store or anything. If I buy ham at the store and I don't, but if I buy ham or smoked turkey at the store, I'm not getting it out of the container, you know, out the fridge, the refrigerator section. I'll go to the deli in the grocery store because that's a better that's a better choice if you're going to eat processed meat. But I'm not because I'm not going to make a sandwich at home. I'm just not going to do it. So, uh, and I'm and I don't say that because I'm above it. I'm saying it because I, I I'll buy that stuff and it'll sit in my fridge and go bad. I'm telling you, I know what I know from experience. So. So I'm not going to do that. So what I'll do is, you know, since, you know, I, I was telling somebody, I was trying to chase a sandwich of my youth. Cause I used to go to Vito's when I was a kid, but there's other places too that would make me a good grinder, you know, ham, lettuce, tomato. And I could have cheese in those days with the olive oil, you know, with their little sauce, they put that olive oil, spicy olive oil stuff on it. Olive oil and vinegar, Italian style, salt, pepper. Oh, so I've been chasing that memory for a good while now. So I would go to the places that make subs, you know, these Tibetas, um, the other people, uh, Jersey Mike. Jersey Mike came very close because they got that, they got that olive oil, Italian olive oil um, vinegar thing happening. So that gives me, gets me close. But it still wasn't quite what I wanted. So I popped into Zoe's downtown and uh, I ordered a, a smoked turkey sandwich with ham and they have imported ham, which is really nice. Smoked turkey, lettuce and tomato and cucumbers because I like the snap crunch of a cucumber with a little bit of yellow mustard and a little bit of mayonnaise, light, light, just, you know, a, a dusting. So the first time I had one, it wasn't. It was made with too much mustard and uh, mayonnaise, so it just made it. It was good, but it was too much. And then the second time they made it was perfect, and I just was like addicted. I was like, oh god, I can't stop eating these now. So the third one, they kind of messed it up again. They left off my cucumbers, too much mustard, too much mayonnaise. But the third time was absolutely perfect. Perfect. And it just, I had that feeling of when I was a kid, I used to eat these sandwiches. It was that same feeling, that taste, the texture. It was just so good to me. I think I'm over it now. At least I like to think I am. Unless I go there and get a sandwich today. I was thinking about that. <laughs> it's like, not time to go get a sandwich today. <laughs> my lord i was like okay okay so um uh so they so they got me to the taste of that sandwich of my youth uh and it was so good and it's and i get it on the hard roll i don't get it as a grinder that's way too much so i get it as a and it, and even the sandwich is too much you know but i power through um so i think next time i'll just eat the half and be done with it and sometimes I get the, uh, a thing, a container of potato salad. It's not half bad potato salad. It ain't our potato salad. It's Italian potato salad. 
white people potato salad. But it's good. It's tasty. It's not. It's not awful. Um, and I don't doctor it up. You know, if I had brought it home, I would definitely add some relish and uh, yellow mustard. You know, make it better. But I didn't do that, so I just ate it the way it was. But it was good. It was good. So I'm not doing that today. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I would do it. I thank God I got some commitments that won't allow for me to run over there. I have to go in a different direction uh, for some other reason. So I won't be able to uh, get over there. So that's that. So that's my that's my sandwich story that I've been I've been on this quest for uh for a sandwich and i'm so glad that um uh zoe's answered the call <laughs> i'm so i'm so glad and i got these little i got these little what are these little clementines from the in the from the beach and uh i forgot how refreshing these are i actually like to throw this in a glass of tequila and soda soda texas Texas ranch water, tequila, tequila and soda. You know, that's a big deal. It's refreshing. Uh, I used to think I didn't like anything in my tequila, but the Texas ranch water is a nice little surprise. You know, so I might make some of that on the porch, Texas ranch water. I wonder if I can make a picture of it. I bet you I could. I mean, you could do anything. Hmm. This is good. So Paul Bass is in Tulsa having a good time. Talking to black, talking to the oldest black news, one of the oldest black newspapers in the country. I hope he can bring me a paper. I mean, of course, if they're digital, I can find it digitally, but I want to hold one in my hand. It's like when I go to Martha's Vineyard and I buy the paper up there, the Oak Bluff paper, because it's such an odd size. I just love it. I just love it, love it. So, anyway. That's where we are. I know there should not be any dead airtime, dead airtime on the radio. I should be constantly talking. I saw a little meme the other day. Uh, do you think you could talk talk about anything for 30 minutes? And I just was staring at it like, are you kidding me? I talk for two hours every day. I try to tell people, you talk anyway. When you go to lunch with people, you're not sitting in silence. You're talking. People are like, oh, I could never do it. Like, yes, you can. Stop saying what you never could do until you do it. It's not magic. Yeah, some people are better than others. I get that. You know. I know, uh, I know some people are better, better, better than others. I get that. We all can't be good at everything. There's some things that I'm just not good at. 
It's fine. I accept that. You know. I accept that. I mean, what is, what is the other choice? I mean, we're, we're all not good at stuff. I mean, everybody can't be good at everything. You know. We all can't be good at everything. We can try. I try. I don't even know if I really tried. Hmm. I don't know if I really tried, but I think I'm good at some things. And the things that I'm interested in, I think I'm good at. Oh, it's a day. It's Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. And uh, the weekend is upon us. And, 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 and like, anyway, there's all kinds of stuff happening. So I want people to sort of enjoy it, even though I think the weather's going to be janky, but there's still opportunities for greatness. <laughs> there's, there's still opportunities. Uh, there's still opportunities for greatness. So don't feel like you've missed your opportunity. You have not. You have not. So I love, I will tell you this. I love that there's all these music festivals all over the place. Um, the Branford Jazz, the Bridgeport, the Bridgeport Jazz Festival is coming up August 19th. August 19th is heavy. It's the third annual Bridgeport Jazz Festival. Jazz Festival, the Hartford Jazz Festival, I think is going on now. Um, the Branford Jazz Festival will be going on shortly. Um, I mean, even doesn't have a jazz festival, any, a jazz festival anymore. I mean, we have pockets of jazz festivals, right? Like the kids at the at the DL undergrad kids do a jazz festival. Um, you can always catch live music at Cafe Nine, Firehouse Twelve, Harvest. I mean, there's there's music around. So you know, so so not saying that we don't have a full on jazz festival is really, you know, not entirely true. We have lots of music. Do you know what I mean? Like we have lots of music around. So, so have no fear. <laughs> There's music in the streets. <laughs> There's lots of music in these streets. Uh, and, 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 and if Nick DiMaria had his way, there'd be jazz on every corner. Do you know what I mean? There'd be jazz. There'd be jazz on every corner. So. Uh, so much but I like that I like that there's so much um to choose from and so much choice and so much music because we need we need that it's what makes us civilized it really does make us civilized and uh and 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 grounds us in in our humanity when we go and listen to music and support musicians that's that's for me that's the heart of it you know that that's the heart of it and uh and if we if we don't have arts if we don't support the arts if we don't make arts our priority if we don't center the arts then what are we doing why what is the point of being human i i think about that all the time i i love um uh I love being uh, in, in an arts 
or a serving organization. I love that it exists. I love the people that do the work. I love what we accomplish. Uh, I think all that stuff is is what makes a city attractive, makes a city well. And and I don't say that to say it cures all the things. It it does not. But I said this before, if we could solve problems from a creative artistic lens, you know, and, and maybe not every problem, but if we could try to solve some of our social ills and some of our humanity ills through an artistic lens, uh, I bet you we could get very far uh, in the development of humans. <laughs> we could get very far. I'm, I'm convinced we could get very far if we, if we could just take a problem and add an artistic component to it and work on it from an artistic place. Um, I think we could get further along in the development and the empathy of humans. You know, because art is something, whether you, whether you like art or not, I, and I, I don't know anybody who absolutely doesn't like any art, like any, like when people say, and then like, well, like any art, you know, like any art whatsoever, there's some art that you like. There's got to be, some, like, listen, television is an art form. What you watch on television is an art form, right? Please don't tell me you just watch the news or you just watch the news. Well, that's in and of itself is its own art form. The way that it is, you know, the way that it's produced, the way that it's created, the way it looks, that's all artistic. You know, you're not just, you know, they don't sit anybody on the floor with a box and a microphone. They, they give you a pleasing aesthetic. We've evolved from treating it like a little box and treating television like a big medium. So there's art in that. It takes an artistic lens to sort of see how to deliver the news in a manner that looks and feels modern, looks and feels timely, looks and feels um, trustworthy. So there, there's a lot of thinking into this. So that's that is artistic in its in its delivery and in its building. So I don't know, I don't uh, you know, if, if somebody says I don't like art, I would have to challenge them and say, there's art all around you. There's something artistic that you like. Even if it's a color scheme, that is seeing something through an artistic lens, because that color scheme. Uh, evokes an emotion or a feeling out of you, whether you like it or not like it, you know, that, that, that puts you on a path of uh, artistic uh, liking. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. So, you know, you could, you could, you could do yourself some, some good by, applying an artistic lens to and an artistic lens means just being creative about how you problem solve how you tackle something how you work on a project or how do you work on something personal uh, uh artistic lens means you apply the tools that artists do you give it some thought you put your hands on it you know uh 
Uh, you think about it in colors. You think about it in waves. You think about it in, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to sort of bring artistic expression to problem solving. You know, you gather people, you take it apart and then you build it back again. You take the question of whatever the issue is, you, you dissect it, you take it apart and you go piece by piece. Okay, what does this mean? What does this mean? Does this fit with this? And then you put it back together and see what you have. That's what I think that's a wonderful way to sort of uh, get to get to the heart of a problem. I wish that we could do more of that kind of thinking. You know, I wish we could teach kids how to do it. For me, it's akin to, you know, uh, conflict resolution. Uh, thinking about how to dole out conflict, how to teach and ingrain conflict resolution, particularly, I mean, and I don't want to say just kids because kids are not the only ones that are struggling with interpersonal relationships. Adults too. I mean, adults are, are ruthless. <laughs> they are. I mean, adults, you know, people, people get holier than thou. And I know, cause I get holier than thou in, in some of my observations and some of the some of the decisions that I'm I get it. I get it, you know. And it's not enough to just throw your hands up and be like, ah, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could, I mean, we all say it. We all we all have our moments where we're like, ah, I'm done. But then there are these moments where you're like, I, I I know I said I'm done, but I'm not done because this is too important not to work on this. Do you know what I mean? Like that you know so while it, it feels good in the moment to say damn it i'm done you know you circle back around unless it's something so egregious that you're like no really i'm done you know and there are those moments where we have to sort of tap out there are those moments i get that i get that i get that i get that but in those moments, in the times where it's not those moments, <laughs> you know, when it's not that moment and you can actually, you know, take some time, spend some time and work on something, you know, work on something, then uh, eh, there you go. There you go. So. That's just my observation. I think because I spend so much time in the arts arena, I spend so much time with artists uh, because I, I love artists. I love the way they think. I love the way they move. I love, I love their frustrations. I love their angst, you know, um, you know, because they, they just come at things in the world a little differently and you got to applaud that. You know, because to make art is a driving force. To make art is a driving force. There are no excuse. Artists never. I never. I don't. I know so few artists that have excuses about why they're not making art. I, for all the for every ten artists that I know who is like, I'm gonna make art against all odds. I may know one or two who will just. Oh, I can't make art because you know I woke up this morning and the wind isn't blowing the right way or the stars didn't align in just the right way uh, but for the most the, every artist that I know they're like 
Listen, if my materials is cardboard box, I'm creating art. If my materials are thrown out uh, Clementine peels, I'm, I'm going to make some art. Do you know what I mean? So artists have, that's why I like hanging around artists because nothing is final. Even when they finish, it's not final. I, I mean, how can you not like that? You know, and, and, and they begrudgingly give up a piece of artwork because they because they understand that if they don't, it they'll just keep tinkering with it. They'll keep painting it or sewing stuff on it or pasting stuff on it. So they so they reluctantly say, "Okay, she's done," you know. And if an artist says they're done with the piece, you better snatch it and run because they will revisit it and they will reimagine it, and then you'll never get the artwork. Every artist I know every last one of them and that's what i love about them because they just they just keep attacking a a a, a thing you know they keep attacking they keep trying and pressing and pushing to the next you know to 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 up to the wall and i mean uh, yeah so i'm just saying this is why i like to hang around artists because they 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 think about these things deeply and nothing nothing stops them i think that's the thing i want to say that and and yes there's all kinds of stories about artists getting into funks and blue and depression you know but even that they're still thinking about art even when they feel like they couldn't make another thing or they feel trapped into you know they feel wholly trapped you know artists they just keep at it and and the and the and the world has shown us that artists have the ability even even in their desolate moments create because they because the creating is bigger than the not creating the creating is bigger than the not creating. Um, yeah. And so artists, they they walk a fine line of passion and torment. At, at least it's my observation. You know, I, I like to think that I'm an artist, but I, I'm I'm not an artist that will create at all costs. Like I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a fair weather artist. <laughs> it is it is not my is I'm not driven. <laughs> I try on. I try on art. But I, I but I still think of myself as an artist. I still think of myself as a poet because I write po I write poetry all the time. I think of myself as a poet, I think of myself as an artist, you know. Um am I a Titus Gaffard? No. No, 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 no. I'm I'm not that. But I but the world doesn't call me to be that. Like I don't that I'm not endowed with those skill sets to be that. There's there's only one, and he is it. And I'm over here doing what I do as an artist. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I'll just listen. I'm just saying. There's 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 lots to unpack through an artist lens. There's a lot. And New Haven is really uh, groundbreaking in its cultivation of art. And everybody is feeling that 
and and the artists are drawing upon that and they're out there creating all this this magic you know through hard works blood sweat and tears they're creating all this magic and and the beauty is is that we get to be in community with these artists and we get to go see their stuff i mean who doesn't like to go see kajo's stuff kajo's stuff stuff is gorgeous i love when he does flowers no one does flowers like him i love 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 it you know uh i just i just love these artists so much um and they just bring so much to the landscape of our lives you know they do so when i you know even when i see the graffiti stuff when i see Dooley stuff out there up on the side of a wall or something i'm like wow you know you know or shonda's stuff or susan clinard's stuff who i love who gifted me a a beautiful piece of in my likeness like who what the hell <laughs> it's amazing so i'm just saying it's that kind of beautiful stuff beautiful beautiful stuff so uh i'm about to uh break out tomorrow's friday i'm excited are you excited i mean every day is friday as far as i'm concerned but it's friday so you know get into it Find your find your artistic lens this weekend and, and look through it. Just notice where you notice art. That's that's an e this is an easy art homework. Notice where you notice art. Just notice. And then talk to me on tomorrow or Monday. I'll see y'all. Thanks, Harry Jones. Thanks, Paul Bass. Thanks, everybody. Oh, mm -hmm.